Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 111 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about your success stories that have come from the mistakes you made. Thank you for sharing. This week, I wanted to ask you about your learning management system, or LMS, in your school. What systems do you use? What do you love and dislike about them? I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Bowclips. Bowclips is a free video curation website where teachers can search for, save, rate and share ad-free educational videos to enhance classroom instruction. With videos containing stock footage, news footage, instructional clips and television clips, teachers can search for content from partners that include Reuters, 360 Cities, Smithsonian, PBS and loads more. Filters, including age range, subject area and duration, can help teachers find age-appropriate videos for their students. There's an option to view or create collections as well, so teachers looking for multiple videos on a specific topic can put them together for viewing later or sharing. Kids won't necessarily do the work of learning without guidance though. Teachers will need to extend the lesson on both ends, not only providing context prior to showing videos, but also following up with discussion and reflection afterwards. The collections are a useful feature. Teachers can save or curate collections for class topics, which can be great for building resources for units, passion projects, or professional development. However, since there's no Bowclips platform for students, teachers will largely be taking the lead in terms of which content gets shared. I'm excited as to where Bowclips are going and the partnerships that they are developing. There is a lot of potential, so check them out. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, bowclips.com. Last week, we talked about homeschool communication. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about EduTech Asia and my experience last week at the large Singapore-based conference event that I attended. As I reflected on Bet Asia a few weeks ago, I took my learning and tried to implement that at EduTech Asia last week. Now, to give you a summary of the event, it's a big one, one of the biggest in Asia, if not the biggest, bringing together thousands of educators and vendors from around the region every year. This year, it was hosted across three days in Singapore, which is where I'm based. The flow of EduTech is simple. It's free to come in and see the exhibition hall, packed full of vendors trying to sell you their solution, but you have to pay to enter the learning spaces where educators are speaking and sharing their expertise. I think it's important to start by saying that bigger isn't always better when comparing events. The parts I loved about BetAsia were not as amazing at EduTech, and the range I was craving at Bet was present at EduTech. At Bet, 
I Love to Focus was on K-12 leaders, and it brought together a lot of similarly-minded leaders in education. The networking? Incredible. At EduTech Asia, it was far more diverse, which isn't a bad thing, but I found it harder to connect, engage, and learn because of this. EduTech had educators from all over the world, mostly made up of local national school teachers and very few school decision makers and leaders. This was obvious in the conversation I had with many vendors who were inundated with people wanting to chat and get free swag, but very few people actually engaging with them in terms of buying their product or solution. As a consultant, I work across the range of education, from schools to individuals to edtech companies, so it was a really interesting experience for me. For the first time in a long time, I didn't speak or run a workshop. I chose to experience the event and connect face-to-face with many of my PLN, and it was busier than ever. I was back-to-back in 15-20 to minute catch-ups, which was the best. I loved seeing people connecting and engaging, and now we'll take our connection back online for an incredible hybrid connection and collaboration. This is what these events mean to me. They help establish and form relationships that can establish and grow over time. I just wish more people saw them as that. My conclusion of the event was that it was a great gathering of people, but my best experiences were in my face-to-face, one-to-one meetings and catch-ups that I had. I actually didn't have time to connect and learn in other spaces, but I did get to connect and develop amazing relationships. I think there's so much more that this event could do to truly connect and engage with the local school community here and beyond in Asia, and I hope they're open to growing and developing this to be a truly transformative learning experience for educators. At the end of the day, these large-scale events are built for vendors to buy space, sell their products, and make the company running the event profit. It is not for professional learning and development. Remember that. Look carefully when choosing what events you want to attend. And to get some insight, don't hesitate to connect and chat more. I'm happy to help identify the right place for you, depending on your goals and aims. These events are great, but may not be suitable for you, depending on what you're looking for. To learn more, please connect and follow on your social channel of choice, and don't hesitate to reach out with your thoughts and ideas. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Lomit Patel. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Lomit Patel, the Chief Growth Officer at Tinker. Tinker is the world's leading K-12 creative coding platform, enabling students of all ages to learn to code at home, school, and on the go. Its highly successful coding curriculum has been used by over 60 million kids across 150 countries. Lomit is a passionate leader with deep expertise in helping startups grow into successful businesses. Lomit is a public speaker, author, advisor, and was recognized as a mobile hero by Liftoff. Lomit is new to Tinker, but has a wealth of experience in the edtech space and is also a best-selling author. Chatting to experts and leaders in their field like Lomit is incredibly exciting, and I'm sure we're going to learn a lot from him today. Lomit, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Absolutely, Craig. It's a pleasure to be here on the show with you. Let's get going. 
Why don't you start by telling us about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Yeah, sure. So as the chief growth officer at Tinker, I oversee the acceleration of all of Tinker's revenue and growth, which really entails all the activities related to how we acquire customers, engage, retain, and monetize. I'm inspired and excited to accelerate Tinker's mission to make coding accessible to every child worldwide. And coding is the blueprint for the 21st century. Rather than making the next big video game, designing a life-saving app, or developing a formula to recycle plastic, coding is a catalyst to having a positive impact on the world through technology, which really excites me. Yeah, and that excites me as well. And I get excited listening to that because the vision of that future is something that, you know, as an educator, I'm so involved in every day. You're new to Tinker. What drew you to want to be part of this exciting movement? So for me, this is kind of like my second month now at Tinker, but, you know, the need for coding as a language is only growing, and I'm thrilled to be joining a company as respected as Tinker, which is a pioneer in, in the edtech learning space. What really drew me at the end of the day was that I had my, uh, I have a 12-year-old son, and, and while I was talking to Tinker, I, ha- uh, I had him sort of try out the Tinker platform. And, uh, you know, and, and this is a kid that, for the most part, I've never really been able to get excited into doing anything related to coding. But, you know, I got him to spend a weekend playing around with their product. And uh, I really saw the way it sort of transformed him and and in, 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 into someone who pretty much never liked coding to someone who's actually enjoys using the platform every day now. And so, you know, from that really, you know, as a parent, but, you know, really sort of turned on the light bulb about the, the, that Tinker's unique approach to addressing the coding skill gap really makes the company really unique in terms of how to use this playbook based approach to really getting kids excited from really learning how to do uh, block-based coding that really sort of takes them across all these different steps that that really encourages them to continue to stay the course. And for me, you know, I feel at the end of the day, you know, it really sort of takes away the the whole notion around coding being something that's really complicated and challenging and really just by getting kids more excited to continue to stay the course, the exciting part is that if, if that can really change my own child, imagine what it can do for so many other kids out there that probably have the same phobia to thinking about coding. Yeah, no, a really cool case study in your own household and the reason why you joined. I really enjoy that. As a startup founder myself, I get excited about uh, how and why other people fall or move into their roles. On top of Everything that you do, Lomit, you're a best-selling author. In your book, Lean AI, you show people how to use artificial intelligence and automation to provide an operational layer on top of those acquisition solutions to deliver amazing results. Tell us a little bit about your book and why we should check it out. Yeah, so my book, um, Lean AI, is part of the Eric Ries Lean Startup series, which was a world-famous book around how uh, startups can use um, the notion around minimal viable products to test, learn, and iterate to scale and grow. I was fortunate at my last company, um, which which was um, called MView, but got rebranded as Together Labs. Um, Eric Ries was actually one of the um, co-founders. And so a big part of the success that I had there when I joined the company was really being able to 
implement the whole notion around how to use AI and automation to really turn a lot of that data that we had around our, our customers to really power the growth in terms of how we went around um, acquiring customers by creating really great personalized experiences um, within the product, really using data-driven approaches in terms of how we targeted users across different platforms like Facebook and Google, and, and, and really um, getting really honed in on, on, on getting so efficient at really targeting the right user in the right platform, bringing them into the product and giving them the right experience and, and really being able to figure out really quickly how we could monetize. And, and so that really helped drive a huge amount of growth. And so the book really came from me sharing the story at conferences where I was being invited to speak about it. And and just speaking and just seeing the amount of interest that came out of that, I, I spoke to Eric about it. And, and and he actually told me I should actually write Lean AI, which would be part of the, uh, the next evolution of the, of the Lean startup. So, you know, that was how it all started. But I feel the book really provides this um, practical guide for any any startup primarily because every startup the big challenge is once you have a product how do you, how, how do you acquire customers and, and drive revenue so it really it really enables them to really walk through the process of using their data to really um, scale up and grow as quickly as possible I love that. We'll make sure the link to the book is in the podcast notes as well for anyone interested uh, to check out now Lomit steam is more than just a hot topic in K-12 education today. Why do you see this as a critical component for teachers to integrate into their classroom? And let's also talk specifically about coding here as well. Sure. Um, Learning how to program is something that almost anyone can do and the benefits are extensive. As I mentioned earlier, you know, for the most part, it's really just getting over that phobia about this not being that difficult. It's it's just like learning another language, but you know once once you kind of get over it, then you know I feel as children, you know it's really important to learn to code because it really enables them to develop hard skills such as critical thinking and problem solving, by increasing their capacity to communicate and manage their time, and and all of those skills really help lead to them really building the life skills that are really needed to to play a key role in not only improving their overall academic performance, but also putting them on a path to really getting a a really good and successful career. Yeah. And I think, you know, STEAM is something that a lot of teachers are increasingly interested in adding to their classroom stack. And I think it's not a add-on. I think it's, you know, an integration. How can this be integrated in to better add value to learning. And I love the way that you tied that together and that how do we support that overall academic performance? It ties into everything we do. It's not a standalone subject. It's something that we can do across the board. Um, So I I really get excited about that when I think about how teachers can help themselves uh, and help the people in their classrooms. I'm all about innovation, Lomad. I I love it. It's what inspires me. I'd love to hear about some cool, innovative things that you're doing at Tinker as well. Like you, Craig, I love innovation too. Just to tell you a little bit about some of the things we're doing at Tinker, I would say the main thing it really comes down to kind of what our core is, is to keep kids engaged 
in, into learning to code and, 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 and trying to create a fun and easy way that really gets more and more kids excited to do that. And in that vein, one of the things that I'm excited to announce here that we just launched last week, which was a huge team effort at Tinker, we just launched the, the Byju's Coding Cup, which is an excellent learn to code experience for kids that connects soccer skills and the team plays with the logic and structure of programming and artificial intelligence all in a fun and competitive environment. So by combining soccer, as everyone knows, the World Cup soccer is coming up uh, soon in November. We know that's going to be a lot of interest for people following soccer. So we wanted to try and create a game that could really integrate into that huge event. And by creating this Baiju's coding soccer game, it really enables kids to really learn about computer science and really inspire the next generation of coders where we they'll be able to go and, and, and create these simulated experiences, creating avatars and, and really creating these block-based programming to create different simulations to train their players on, on, on how to play the game. And within that, they'll be able to really learn just how easy it is to... Ultimate coding is really telling the machine what to do, right? And, and, and really learning to sort of train that machine to figure out the right strategy for, uh, to see how they can compete against other players that are going to be playing that same game across the world. And we're going to be creating different leaderboards and creating this huge excitement and event around trying to get more and more kids to really participate. I love it. It's, uh, you know, for me, I love that kids participate, but I love even more when we challenge them to compete uh, and I think that competition piece is critical. And I'm excited that the tie-in to the World Cup, you know, all of that sounds like an incredible piece of learning for everyone. And we'll make sure that the Baiju's Coding Cup link is in the podcast notes for everyone to follow through on as well. Thanks for sharing that, Lomit. Let's jump into some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why. What's your favorite EdTech book or resource? So for me, I usually take my cue uh, from my kids in terms of what works for them. And so Kahoot is something that I know that my kids really and their friends really enjoy. And for the most part, it's just that it's really engaging to because it creates these like quizzes and questionnaires and just gets kids to really learn about different sub subjects. Yeah, absolutely. What about another go-to EdTech tool that you use that the listeners need to try? So I'm an avid reader. I love reading. But um, as Craig, as you, as you can tell, you know, your time definitely gets more taxing <laughs> as, you, as you get older. And so one of the things that I've been getting into is really um, audiobooks. And so I've been a huge fan of Audible pretty much from, from the time when they launched. And, and that's sort of one of my go-to apps where I'm always trying to stay on top of different books that are coming out around different topics that really interest me. And it's something that I can, you know, that, that I generally have on whether I'm driving or if I'm working out or, or any time I have a downtime, I'm, I'm usually trying to sort of, you know, catch up on one of my favorite biographies from someone that I can learn from. Nice, yeah. Audible is something that's new to me. But it, just like you, I love it as well. Uh, it's it's something that's changed my my life in terms of the time that I have to engage in reading and learning on my own and listening on the go is something that's really helped with that. Uh, so it's a great shout out. What's one daily habit or practice, Loma, that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career? So for me, 
I would say that taking time to work out, and, and, and I try to work out at least 30 minutes to an hour a day, whether I do it either early in the day or, or, or later at night, has, has become an important part of my routine because it really gives me time to really get my mind in, in the right headspace for, where, for either for the day ahead or to try and reflect on the day that's just gone. Yeah, it's a, a great call out again. And I think it's something that as teachers listening to this, it's that mental health and well-being is a critical part of being successful. And it's something that I've found as a startup founder as well as, you know, take time to yourself, you know, be selfish every now and then. I think it's it's critically important. Loma, thank you so much for your time. I know that the listeners are going to want to follow and connect with you about some of the things you've talked about. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, the best way to connect with me would be on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm really active on LinkedIn. I, I'm always posting about something interesting every day. And so if, if anybody goes to LinkedIn and they search for my name, Lomi Patel, um, they'll be able to find me there. And, and I'm happy to connect with anyone who reaches out to me. Brilliant. And we'll put the link to that in the podcast notes so people can click straight through and connect with you. Loma, thank you so much for your time today. I'm inspired to jump in and learn more. Thank you, Craig. It was a pleasure to be on the show. Next week, join me for episode 112 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Mike Peck. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you like today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.